0: From Studio Nowhere, it's time for Soccer Talk USA. Welcome to another edition of Soccer Talk USA. This is Mark Zeter, episode number uh, 293 for uh, Memorial Day, uh, May 5th, 2011. Boy, we got a packed show for you tonight. We've got Champions League Final, we've got a lot of MLS chaos, we've got um, some new stuff and uh just a lot of stuff going on. So uh, I'm gonna dive right in. I went to the Portland game this weekend, so I got a lot to talk about that. I'm gonna do a live um, some live commentary from the uh, Champions League match. Some stuff I recorded while the Champions League match was happening. So I'm gonna play that. It's about a ten or fifteen minute segment, I think. And uh so you're gonna hear my live thoughts as I was watching as I was watching the game. And uh you know, lots of stuff to talk about, so let's dive right in and, and talk about stuff. And, uh, we'll get on, begin with a few, couple news items. So, a big one in MLS is the Whitecaps, the Vancouver Whitecaps have fired their coach, uh, Titer, uh, and, uh, announced that Tom Soane is gonna replace him. Um not sure about that move, not that impressed with what, uh, Titer's done so far this season, but Tom Soane is the infamous one who took over, uh, you know, DC United and didn't do much there, so I'm not quite sure that he's Ideal person to uh, take over in Vancouver, but we'll just see what happens if he gets a result or two early on. Uh, you know, could could be some interesting stuff and uh, a little bit of bizarre news. We also heard that uh, the Spanish uh, forward Coquet uh, is uh, leaving Houston. He's he's uh, uh, only been there, you know, signed earlier in the season and, and only played a couple game, a few games, and he got one goal, uh, you know, just recently. And things things seem to be going a little bit better. And I just read an article they were saying that. He told, uh, Dom and the guys, uh, today, I guess, or, or just, I mean, on the weekend, you know, that, that he wants to leave. And, uh, no real explanation about why. He just said he's unhappy and wants to leave. And they, they, it caught them all by surprise. They didn't realize it was a problem. I don't know if he's unhappy because he's not playing or he's not playing well. You know, he hasn't had that much of an impact. But anyway, they said, okay, you want to leave? Well, you know, we'll let you leave. So they, they, they're going to let him leave. So, uh, leaves, uh, Houston kind of, um Lacking up top, uh, with, with Ching still, still injured, so, but they're, they're already working on trying to get somebody to, you know, gives them some more salary cap room, and they're looking at getting somebody, um, uh, in for the summer, so, uh, you know, the July 15th, um, uh, transfer deadline, so, interesting stuff there, so. Well, let's talk about some stuff going on. Obviously, the big thing is the UEFA Cup Final was this weekend, big match, and, uh, um you know, it was interesting, uh, you know, Barcelona versus Manchester United. Uh, mixed feelings kind of going in. I'm a big Manchester United fan, but at the same time, you know, I kind of know that Barcelona is a very good team and um, seemed to, you know, with Messi and everybody. But um, I thought it was interesting, the games on Fox, you know, regular Fox, not Fox Soccer Channel, but just regular Fox, which is kind of neat. And uh, some of the, the pregame stuff, they had that football versus football, which, I've always seen them kind of do that, and like I, I, okay, the segment about that didn't bother me. What bothered me was the way they named it. Foot, I mean, football is the Spanish word for soccer, but why are they call? It, why we don't call it that? We call it either football or soccer. So the idea is they're trying to say that football is actually football, and we're just pronouncing it wrong. But I think that's idiotic. Uh, basically American football is the wrong name. It's a game you play with your hands called football. It makes no sense. The, you know, so why are you trying to co-opt that name of American football and say, you know, it should be American football versus soccer or American football versus football. That would make sense, but football versus football is just the same word in two different languages. How is that versus anything? I I don't get that. Okay, enough ranting about that. But I did think the segment was interesting, and, uh, I learned a few things. I like the comparison. For example, they showed how in American football, the ball can actually go out of play, and it's, and as long as the player's feet are still in, inside the line, it's still considered in play. Which I thought was interesting, because in soccer, of course, the ball goes over, it's, it's, the player doesn't matter. Player can, can completely run outside the field, it doesn't matter, it's where the ball is. So, uh, I thought that was fascinating, you know, kinda interesting, but. Anyway, enough about that. What I did was I did this a couple years ago. You know, I had some games for the for the World Cup and different things where I actually recorded my live thoughts as the game was happening, and I thought I'd try that again for this. I don't know what my comments been a while since been since Saturday since, but this is so I don't know what I said exactly. I might have said idiotic things, um, but I thought, well, this will be kind of something a, a little different for you. So these are just my live thoughts as the game was happening that I recorded, and uh, we'll see what you think.
1: Watching the uh, Champions League final and uh, very impressed to see and pleased to see Manchester United starting off very well, um, getting, some, getting some chances, putting pressure on and uh, already seeing at least two cases where Barca was under some confusion and, and, and stress. You know, there was a time when Valdez, the keeper, came out. Uh, just got the ball before Rooney, and then another one where he and his defender PK were kind of not really communicating, and both situations worked out okay. But um, it was 10 minutes before Barca actually got through to the other side into into United's box. They did get a corner out of it, um, and and now it's about I'm in the thir- 14th minute, and they're starting to kind of settle down a little bit. I think if if United can keep up that pressure. You know, rattle Barcelona, I think, um, you know, they have a really good chance of, of pinning them back and, 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 and pinching, you know, a goal or two. Um, if you let Barcelona do what they're doing now, which is to play the ball, um, you know, their passing game and all that, it, it, it calms them down, it gets them into their game, into their rhythm, and that's not such a good thing, at least from Manchester United's perspective, and... Uh, I personally don't really like that style of play in terms of... I, I like it when it's... I mean, I, I'm not I'm not saying I'm opposed to the passing game, but I just... I hate this... Like, there was a move just a few minutes ago where, where um, two or three Barcelona players, you know, in, in the Manchester United half, and they were just kind of passing the ball back and forth. It was like three or four passes. Just, you pass it to me, I pass it to you, you pass it back to you, you pass it back to me, you know, and they were outside of Manchester United's, you know area that they were guarding, basically. They weren't making any effort to try to break in there. They were just passing the ball. And I literally felt my eyes kind of glaze over. and I was kind of like getting disinterested in the match, falling asleep, you know. And it was just like a few passes. And I was like, I think that is their strategy. They'll literally put the other team to sleep by just doing very basic. They're doing it again right now. I'm watching it right now. And then the 15th minute, here they are just doing these... Just, just simple little passes back and forth. Not any, you know, the passes don't actually do anything at all as far as going forward. Now they're, now they're actually doing a little bit of attacking. Here comes Messi into the box. Uh, David Villa. Okay. Um, whoa. Okay. Good. United's got it clear. No, they don't have it clear. It's still back to Messi, playing to the wing now. Yikes. Oh, the ball did sort of get a shot off, but it was wide. It wasn't much of a shot, but. But, see, I think that's that's uh, Barcelona's strategy is this sort of, you know, it's the Spanish strategy that Spain won the World Cup with, which I find hideous and, and, and really dislike. And uh, just because it's boring. It's just boring. I'm not saying it's not, you know, a good tactic or valid tactic or anything else. I just find it boring. So, uh, I like much more direct play, so, uh, and I like it, you know, when the when the passes amount mean something, you know, when it's actually building to something and has a purpose. And, and there's a time when you need that other kind of passing. I, I, you know, in the midfield it's okay, in in the other opponents, you know, uh, half of the field I find it kind of, I, I don't like it. But um, anyway, I'll keep some notes on this as I uh, continue to watch the game, and if I think of anything else that needs to be said, so. So the last uh, 10 minutes or so, about 20, 20 minutes in, it's been mostly uh, Barcelona after that first 10 minutes that was all united. The last 10 minutes has been mostly uh, Barcelona, and they're getting through, getting some chances. Oh, here's Messi. Oh, huge save by Furt uh, Okay. Wow. That was amazing. Uh, okay, here goes Rooney up the wing. Uh, they cleared it. But uh, yeah, I'm starting to get a little worried. United, because Barcelona has definitely, uh, you know, and Messi, I mean, every time he gets the ball, it doesn't seem to matter if anybody's around him or not, he seems like he's just wide open, there was Park getting the ball in the box and didn't really really do much with it, but uh, definitely some, it's getting kind of, now it's starting to get kind of stretched out a a little bit, a little bit better. But uh, yeah, exciting game. And there it is. Uh, Pedro scores for Barcelona. It's just another counter by uh, Barcelona. And I, honestly, it feels kind of inevitable. It just feels like it was. It was the, the Manchester United defense. Just it, yeah, there it is. He's getting over and he's just unmarked on the right side. Gets the ball beautifully, and then, uh, what surprised me is he didn't go across goal. He actually went to the near post, and, uh, but, but basically, Evanderstar was right in the middle of the goal, so, either post would have, would have gotten a goal probably, but, uh, you know, it,
2: uh,
1: and there's the equalizer just minutes later, uh, 34th minute, I guess, uh, Wayne Rooney, of course, scores for United, uh, Kind of innocuous just off the throwing near the sideline. Rooney plays a give and go with uh, actually a couple give and goes. And then he plays uh, maybe a hair offside for uh, I think it's uh, Giggs or yeah, and he just sets it up to rolls it back to Rooney and Rooney just buries it. So very nice finish right between the keeper and the defender. And uh, now we're 1 1. I'm thinking that this is just a perfect example of the contrasting styles. You know, the the, the style that Barcelona plays versus the style that uh, Manchester United plays, and uh, um, we'll see who wins. I don't. I don't. I mean, you know, it's gonna. It's gonna. It's gonna be interesting. I'm. 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 really curious about which style is the the better style. I know which one I prefer to watch, um, but. Uh, it, oh, that was terrible! There, one of the United players just—it was Evra—just passed it out of play. It was pretty bad. But uh, yeah, I, I'm finding this very interesting. To just, just in the—I mean, United's styling is definitely to, to to score goals in the counter. That, that goal that they just scored, that Rooney just scored, is a perfect example of, of of what exemplifies their play. You know, and and uh, the real question is, can United? Uh, Handle this uh, this kind of uh, you know the pressure that uh, and possession possession game that Barca has that that you know can United deal with that and and uh, you know what kind of opportunities will they get at the other end to to get it from the back so it's going to be very interesting at least we got a good game it's not going to be nil nil that's for sure. Seconds before, or just a minute or so before the halftime end, end of the half, and and Messi almost he, great give and go with uh, Villa, and he almost got back onto the receiving end of it, but it was just little too just a fraction of a second late, and it the ball we missed the ball and it went out of play. Um, but Ali, if he had just gotten the slightest bit of contact to it, it, would have been uh, oh, this is interesting uh, for uh, Alex is uh, Alex is lecturing uh, Rooney here on the sideline giving him some instructions pretty vigorous kind of instructions I mean he's shouting and waving his hands a lot so I don't know what that's about not happy with something so the second half has started and it's all Barcelona so far a few minutes in here and they've got a corner kick and they've just been pressing United can't seem to get the ball out of their own half so uh... I think it's just the, they never really get control of the ball. It's like they're able to 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 block it and sort of half gain possession, and then but they can't keep it. And then Barca get it, and they seem to be able to keep it. So we'll see where this goes. Oh, here's and Messi the header. Whoa. Okay, a good defensive header there. Oh wait, got a whistle. Sometime. So I think it's a foul on uh, Barcelona. So. Huge save by Vandersar in the uh, 52nd here. Um, Ball got free on the wing and the shot came in. It was pretty close in, but uh, Vandersar made the block and then Messi uh, got the rebound and his shot was blocked out for a corner by one of the United players. And there it is, Messi scores in the 54th for Barcelona, as expected. It was a deflected shot from long range, but... uh, yeah, it's, I've been worried every time he's lined up a shot I've been worried about it so there's poor Vandasar giving up two goals in his last game but uh, love to see him would have loved to see him have a shutout like they said earlier and the commentators were talking about it but uh, uh, it wasn't really much of a deflection now that I'm seeing it again he just they're, they're just letting Messi nobody's even trying to stop him I don't get it of all the players on the pitch, to let him run to the ball for five or six steps, why aren't you... I mean, Everest coming in really, really late, but the shot's already off at that point. I don't understand. I mean, I realize Barcelona's got a lot of top-notch players that you, you know, you, you don't mark... You, you, let, you mark Messi and then you're letting somebody else go, but at the same time, how can you not mark Messi? I don't get that at all. That's, I mean... I don't understand. Wow, I think we've got our first yellow card in the 60th minute. No yellow cards. The ref's actually been pretty good about keeping the card in his pocket. There's been a few of them that you'd have thought, well, this is Danny Alves for Barcelona. But uh, I'm really surprised. He's been merciful for some of the other... You know, players that you know they were marginal. It wasn't anything blatant It was like, Oh, that's definitely has to be yellow but you know, just probably repeated fouls and stuff, but it's just interesting we managed. I think it's just you know, they're trying to keep you know, let the let the players decide the game and not the ref, and that's that's nice to see. But uh fascinating that a game of this magnitude and this I don't really think Barcelona and United like each other too much and, and it's kinda of surprised that we're made it this far with the, you know, until they get our first yellow, so That was interesting. Really good chance by United. They had some really good possession around the box, but then uh, Giggs actually got totally beaten by Alves. Just, oh, there's a foul. That's not going to be a card for Michael Carrick. Now the cards are coming out. (laughs) That was center circle, but he was very late and caught the guy on the thigh. So, yeah, just... just oh, he yeah, oh, he caught him pretty good. <laughs> it's a pretty good foul. <laughs> Definitely worth the yellow, but, uh, yeah, I think we'll see more of this as as the match wears on, but hopefully we won't see any red cards or anything, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, that was a little better by United. They got the ball to Valencia on the right wing, and he crossed it over, and, and uh, nothing came of it, but it was just a little bit more of what we want to see, more like the United we would like to see, you know, and I think... Uh, they just haven't been able to play their game, and and it's it's throwing them out of their rhythm. And and uh, they normally normally are a team that possesses more than the other team, and um, you know. But uh, I don't know that they uh, have had anything remotely like that in this game. Their possession stats are way way down. So and when they do possess it, it's not very quality possession, and not very uh, much in the attacking third. You know where they need it possess it so. well, that's, Messi got beat Vidic and uh, got off a shot but it uh, was low and not, not super hard Vandasar was able to save it and, uh, they cleared it but uh, definitely shows his danger I mean you just let him up you know. Just he gets just a half step and, and he's he's got a shot off versus uh, you know so interesting now it's the 64th. I haven't seen him say anything about uh, substitutions, but I'm kind of wondering if if we shouldn't see some fairly soon. I'm kind of wondering, United from United's perspective, I'm not sure about Barcelona, but uh, from United's perspective, there's just a few players that uh, seem to be lagging a little bit, and I'm kind of wondering gigs, gigs, and yeah, uh, well, Park. And Park usually, uh, I don't know if he quite does. He doesn't usually play 90 minutes, so I would expect him to. Uh oh here's a wide open for to, Ah Back heel by Messi trying to get it in the box and it was cleared off the line by United, so like Raphael. So uh, here's Rooney in the center, he's got it. Gets it over to Valencia, who's probably gonna lose it, and he does. Yep. Yeah. As I would have expected. So, And now Barcelona keep possession. Instead of attacking, they play it back to the middle where there's a bunch of players open, and they just possess it. Yeah, and here's Fabio injured a little bit. He's cramped up. He's over by the post on the goal post and is stretching out his leg, hamstring, or something. I don't know. But he might be the first to be subbed out. So I wonder if they couldn't... Uh, I was kind of thinking about this earlier with Fabio because he's got his twin brother, Rafael, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't at halftime his, his twin brother come out in his shirt and nobody would notice?
2: <laughs>
1: I saw Xavi lining that
0: one up, and I was like,
2: no, 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 pop
1: him, pop him. But they let him shoot. But, uh, yeah, it was curling a little bit. Might have curled just a hair wide. It was hard to say, but Vandasar made the save. So it was, it was already kind of curling away from the goal, so Vandasar didn't need too much of a touch. He, he got a good, solid t- touch to it, but... It wouldn't have taken too much to uh, push it wide because it was already kind of heading that direction. It might have just snuck in at the near post, but but it was hard to say. But uh, just no, you can't let them shoot. I don't know why they're. I'm not. I'm not very impressed with United's uh, ability to to um, stop this pressure. I mean, they're just they're they're not stopping the pressure, and then and then they're out of sync and out of sorts and you know, for kind of frantic defending, and and then that leads to more... Ah, see, there's another chance right there where they couldn't clear it. Just a fa- failed attempt to clear it, and they just gifted the ball to uh, Barcelona in the box, and now they're just toying with it. Here's a shot! Oh, wow. That was a deflected shot, I thought, but van it went right to Vendor so that was good, but... Uh, yeah, kind of crazy, so... See, there's another one. Uh, basically, United had the ball, Michael Carrick, he tries to play it Towards the center circle, it's intercepted, and now Barcelona's got it, and they're just playing, you know, triangle passing, not letting uh, United have it, you know? And uh, you know, it's, it's a very good pace. They're playing at a good you know. It's not too, too boring, but uh, but United's just kind of standing around and letting them, letting them do it. You know, I'm sure they're tired. I'm not saying that's an excuse, but. I mean. Uh, it's just frustrating to watch if you're a United fan. It's like, ah, there's Valencia just standing on the ball right outside of his penalty box, and he gets it nicked away from him. I mean, what? It's like, he had possession. He should be taking it forward, and he's just standing there near his own box and gets it gets it stolen. It's very frustrating. Uh, here we go. Danny's coming on now. I wonder who he's coming on for, for United uh, 17, Is that, uh, that's no, that's Nanny. So number 20 is coming off. So that must be,
2: is that Rafael?
1: Yeah, it's Raphael. Or Fabio, sorry. Or Twins, it doesn't matter.
2: <laughs>
1: and there it is. That would be a scoring for. I gotta replay this and see what happened here. But, uh, I saw this is where I was about to comment on this. I just picked up my recorder because right here, um, United had stolen the ball in their own box. They had regained possession of it. And then right here, who is that? Is that, uh, not, I don't know if that Nani or is that, uh, just came in? Somebody lost it in their own box, got it sold in the way. They get it back to David Villa outside the box and he, he blasts it into the box, into the, into the goal. So, uh, now it's 3-1, and I, I see no way back from this for United. I mean, at, at, at 2-1, I could, I could maybe see, them tying it up, you know, and, and then who knows what happens after that. But but at 3-1, I, I don't see any way back for United in this. I think it's – and just the way they're playing. I mean, it doesn't give me much hope that they could – I mean, what is this? Yeah, it is Nani. Nani give, coughs it up right there in the box. And uh, they just immediately touch it off to uh, David Villa, who cr- curls it to the, to, the, to the far side. Away from you know, right near the po- right top corner, just a beautiful goal. But uh, you know, I mean, it's 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 sloppy sloppy possession by United. They just can't hold the ball. Ah, oh, Rooney just got a chance. He curled it over the uh, you know, a little chip from outside the box. That, that, trying to do what David Villa did to a certain extent, but his uh, hit the top of the back netting. Thing. Yeah, it looked like a clear handball. Giggs played the ball. He's in the box, dribbling past, and the and uh, looks like David Villa got his hand. I I don't know. I mean, it. I don't know if it. Uh, my the reason I wouldn't call it as a penalty necessarily would be simply that I don't know that the touch was so slight that I don't know that it really aided. In any way, you know the the Barcelona player, but but it definitely was a handball, and uh, you know. So. Wow, that was a good chance for Hernandez. The ball came in, and Valdez, the keeper, came out and just did enough. But that was a good good opportunity, Davis.
2: Then
1: he got off a shot, 85th. There, I'm not sure it was necessarily the wisest decision, and it was pretty wide, but. Interesting. Just kind of watching the style of play here, and just kind of thinking to myself that I get a feeling a different sense sense of attitude. I don't know if it's—I've been feeling this throughout the whole game, really. I, I, it seems to me that the uh, the Barcelona players, when they get the ball, they immediately turn, and I mean, they're they're immediately willing to. to I was going to say, I don't necessarily feel like they're always necessarily trying to go at goal, but they they definitely feel like they're they're wanting to, to attack or, or, or do something with the ball. And uh, I'm only getting that feeling from, from a few United players, and some that are trying to do it, like Giggs. I mean, every time I see Giggs get the ball and try to go somewhere, he gets it taken off his foot. So, I don't know if he's just having a bad game or if he's just... Outclassed by some of these uh, Spanish players But uh, I'm not seeing the Both the urgency it's, Might see a little bit more of it here the that But it's certain certain players like Wayne Rooney When he gets it, he's, he's definitely You know, immediately starts going forward And, and attacking and, and trying to do something with it But a lot of the other players, I'm not seeing that It's just sort of a I'm not that impressed, you know But uh, here, Nani just gave it away now here comes Skulls come in. He came in for a a little while ago. About ten minutes ago, I think. But, uh I don't know. 90th minute, and uh, Rio Ferdinand's playing it back to his keeper. You know, that's kind of...
0: Alright, that's it for my, uh, live thoughts on the game. And, uh, I'll just kind of wrap it up a little bit. But, uh, congrats to Barca. I mean, obviously they were the better team. I'm certainly not going to debate that. And, uh, I actually liked the way they, they played. I mean, their style. I was worried a bit that they would play that more, more the way Spain national team plays, which I don't like. Uh, I think it's, I, I just don't, it's boring. It's really boring to watch. Uh, might be effective, but it's really boring to watch. And, uh, I've said that before, uh, but this one I actually, you know, I liked. I, to me, they felt like they were wanting to attack. the The Spanish players, when they play for Spain, just want to pass the ball around, not let the other team have it, keep away, you know, which is boring. But uh, this one, they seem to want to attack, and and I really liked, I I really admired and liked the way they play. I I'm a bit puzzled and confused with some of my friend about um, that, that. That I I almost kind of felt like like. Like, Manchester United, like, like Sir Alex knew that his team wasn't good enough going into this, but he was just, you know, putting on a brave face and saying stuff, and that's why he made some weird decisions, like leaving Berbatov completely out. And apparently Berbatov left the stadium, so it sounds like he's probably actually not going to come back to the team. You know, he he knows his future there is done. And, um, you know, which, I love Berbatov, so I, you know, find that a bit, a bit odd, but, uh, and he's the team's leading scorer, he's inconsistent, but at the same time, um, there's obviously something going on there that's not working right. So, but I, I just kind of felt like this loss for United just felt sort of routine. I didn't feel that they really ever believed that they deserved. You know, I, I think they kind of felt like they were in awe of Messi and in awe of Barcelona, and just kind of going through the motions, going out there and just okay, we'll play our game and we'll 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 get our second place medals and go home. And you know, I just never really felt like United felt like they deserved to win this, and were going to win this. And I don't know if I like that attitude. You know, I don't know if they think that they're a lesser team in some ways, or or I don't know. But that's just kind of the impression I got from this, from just just my uh, you know post game analysis kind of thing. And and, uh, um, and and I honestly felt like in the first ten minutes when Barcelona were on their heels that United. We're the better team, and we're, we're, we're pushing those, we're exposing the flaws that, that Barca does have that for some reason nobody nobody likes to uh, to point out or, or expose. And if they had, had pushed for that and, and, and tried to get into that, I, I think they could have done much better. But ultimately, they did not. And uh, I think from, certainly nobody can argue from the results of this game that the better team won. And uh, that's the way it finishes, so disappointing, but that's the way it is, so. Anyway, let's talk about Major League Soccer. We had a bunch of games, lots of goals this past week, uh, lots of things to talk about, so I'm going to dive right in and get into these, because there's just a lot going on. So we'll start off with some of the midweek stuff. We had uh, New York versus Colorado, some chances for both teams with new, keeper, uh, new York keeper Sutton having to do the most work, and then the ref awards the rap- Rapids a penalty for a foul that was clearly outside the box. The player does fall inside the box, but he was clearly fouled a couple yards out. Uh, Laurentiewicz takes it, and it's low, Sutton makes a great stop, but the rebound goes right back to Lorentowicz, and he taps it home for the lead. Uh, seconds later, the New York attack, 3-on-3 three three with Henri, uh, open above the box, he runs on the Desario pass and slots it home. Minutes later, on the half hour, Henri convicts, uh, fouls Thompson above the box and on the free kick, uh, Laurentiewicz uh, slides it under the wall and into the far corner. But once again, the lead only lasts seconds as New York comes right back up the left wing with a death flick for Luke Rogers into space that he amazingly chips over Perkins from a tight angle and suddenly we're level again. That's four goals in six minutes. Crazy. Uh, before the half hour... Uh, for the half, sorry. Uh, DeRoe has a bike chance, and Nyasi, uh, blasts a 25-yarder off the crossbar at the other end. Things definitely cool off in the second half, but there's still chances. Rodgers breaks through in a long ball and nearly chips Perkins again, but somehow he reaches behind himself and uses a long paw to slap away the shot. At the other end, Connor Casey beats Sutton, but his shot is cleared from inside the box by Reem, Reem via a back heel. Odd, but effective. Uh, Casey sets up Americroix in stoppage, but, uh, 1v1 he puts it wide of the goal. So this one finished New York 2, Colorado 2. Then we had Seattle-Dallas. Uh, Seattle, Seattle nearly break through on the 1v1 early, but Hartman races outside his box to clear the danger. Immediately it's Dallas who break up at the other end. Breck Shea receiving a brilliant through ball into space. He's one, he's in and he finishes. Uh, Seattle nearly equalized immediately, but the header was cleared off the line. In the second half, Seattle pressed hard and nearly score on a few occasions. On one, Hartman made a great save to push a shot off the post and then also stop the rebound shot, but, uh, Seattle can't score and lose one at home. Seattle nil. Dallas won. L.A. Houston, uh, lame game. I hate matches that are decided by a questionable penalty call. Houston didn't necessarily deserve to lose as they didn't show... um didn't deserve to win, as they didn't show much offensively, but they did well enough keeping L.A. out of it. But in the first half stoppage time on a nothing play, basically a shot that was so far off target it was going out wide for throw-in. The ref uh, whistles for a handball in the box. Palmer's hand was near his waist, uh, and the wide ball struck his arm. Clearly, ball to hand. There was no real advantage of him to deliberately lose, use his hand there. If anything, he was trying to get out of the way let the ball go out of play. But the ref gives the penalty, Landon converts it, Houston go into the locker room down a goal. The second half is more of the same. A few chances, but nothing that major. The L.A. commentators gave the the man-of-the-match awards to Ricketts, and I can't imagine him, I can't even remember him doing anything. So, I kind of think that says a lot. But, basically, I wasn't impressed with either team, and a nil-nil would have been the proper result. But, instead, L.A. get all the points. L.A. won, Houston, NIL. Then we had probably one of the games of the weekend, uh, Toronto-Philly. Crazy start for Toronto as Philly get on board with the first attack just two minutes in as two defenders fail to stop across. It reaches Farfan who knocks it in to the far post. Ten minutes later they give the ball away near the center circle and Justin Mapp takes it toward the goal with a lot of space. And he takes a whack from above the D and it sneaks into the corner. Wow, Philly's up by two just twelve minutes in. At the time I thought that was impressive. Uh I don't think they've scored more than two in any game all season. Toronto try to get back on a nice shot, that's just over the bar. And then Santos has a blast from the right that hits side netting. But before the half, they give up another when Philly put together a nice sequence in Toronto's box and Nakawa, Nakazawa finds himself into in space in the box uh, with the ball and he calmly, calmly slots it low and into the corner and the home team is down by three. The second half starts off worrisome for TFC as Mwanga probably gets through on a breakaway, but Fry stones him. A moment later, Toronto steal the ball and their half feet a gorgeous through ball to Santos at the other end. He's 1v1, gets around Mondragon and has a tap-in. Uh, Plata has a chance uh, 10 minutes later, but he's right at the keeper. Uh, Fry at the other end makes a great save on another save on Mwanga. But just before the hour, Plata's ball uh, goes across the face of the goal for a tap-in for Santos. TFC are within one. But then Fry is given a hard back pass that he clears right to map, and he runs to goal and rockets off a left footer into the side netting. Wow, I love map, and I can't figure out why he doesn't score more. He's got all the tools, but he doesn't always seem to have the desire. There's a crazy moment when Mondragon's goal kick, yes, you heard that right, travels all the way to the other goal box and bounces over Fry, who's too far off his line, but he scrambles back to save it just before it crosses the goal line. That would have been ridiculous. Uh, I guess Philly's uh, goal-scoring problems are over for in the 71st. They get their fifth when Mwanga is left unmarked in the box on a corner kick and the ball is driven right to his foot and he volleys it right in. Uh, so TFC started off the second half uh, down by three, got two back, and now they're down by three again. Then there's 20 minutes, and there's still 20 minutes to go. Uh, fortunately, Philly are content to defend, and though Toronto uh, pressure a lot in the box, they can't get anything to go in. And in the 89th, Philly make a rare venture forward. map driving up the right wing. He sets up Mwanga, who gets a fortunate touch when the defender slides in and just knocks the ball off Mwanga into space 1v1, and Mwanga easily beats Fry for the 6-2 scoreline. Amazing. They'd only scored eight the entire season so far. That's the most goals TFC has ever conceded in a match. Uh, nice to see the ref call the game with no stoppage time. I don't think TFC minded. Uh, I wonder uh, how soon the calls for the coach's head begin. Uh, Toronto fans did not look happy and were actively booing the team. So Toronto suffer their worst loss in team industry. Uh, Toronto to Philly 6. And uh, Philly, wow. A road road game and they get 6 goals. And uh, also heard that Justin Mapp was named player of the week. Which makes sense because he had a fantastic game. So, uh, Vancouver versus New York, uh, New York go on their first trip to BC short of players for the, uh, short of players for the gold cup. Uh, a player gets in the box, um by Mendes, and in tracking back, he falls over the back of the player's legs, taking him down, and it's a penalty. Hasley converts, and Vancouver lead, but just past the half-hour, clever play by Rook Rogers to redirect in across in front of his defender to level things. An hour in, Hasley has a shot that forces a big uh, foot save by Sutton, and a moment later, a corner kick at the other end. Uh, Miller's shot from the edge of the box is... Uh, Inches wide, he really pegged it. It would have been an awesome goal. Uh, Vancouver had a breakaway in the 74th. They should have done better with, but Reams' pressure caused the shot to go awry. In the 80th, a rookie for New York, uh, Cassell, uh hits a ball that Nolly has to save for a corner kick. Uh, De Rose' free kick is inches of the bar over the bar in the 87th. The teams split the points, and the way that Vancouver's been playing, that's not such a bad result for New York. It seems disappointing as they haven't won in a while yet. But a point on the road's a good thing, you know, especially considering they were down a goal. So Vancouver won, New York won. Uh, New England versus L.A. Uh, after early chances for uh, L.A., uh, Leckage has an open uh, net at the other end but can't get the cross. Then in the 15th, it almost gets a back pass before Ricketts, uh, very dangerous. A few minutes later, Ricketts makes a key clearance, then Landon breaks through and re-saves, and the Beckham corner kick is headed off the bar, and Donovan's uh, follow-up is headed over, nil-nil at the half, but not for lack of trying. After the break, it's more of the same with chances for both, but L.A. starts to dominate and then breaks through with a flick-through header by Lopez off of a Beckham ball into the box. New England started to pressure to get back into the match and created a situation in the Galaxy box and ended with two Galaxy players on the deck, Janino having to be carted off. Toward the end, Foul lipped off, injured for New England. Just in the stoppage time, New England uh, got a cross in front of the goal and kicked it in off the crossbar, but it bounced down and out. Did it cross the line? That was the key question. It was very hard to tell on the standard def feed I was watching on the Galavision broadcast. Uh, but it looked to me like it was in earlier, and like it hit the crossbar, because when it hit the crossbar, it was almost in the goal already, and it kind of spun down, but it was spinning, and so as it went down, it was in the goal, and then it spun out, and then actually bounced off the line. And so when it actually bounced, they kept showing the replay of it bouncing on the line, and there it was clearly on the line. My question was, did it go in earlier than that, and then, you know, spin back out, and then bounce out? Because it's anytime it crosses the line, it doesn't have to just bounce in the goal, it could you know, goes in the goal and then back out, it's still a goal. And they really couldn't tell on that. Anyway, they didn't give it. Uh, the rebound was headed towards goal uh, by Joseph, but Landon Donovan cleared it off the line, and even that was kind of a tight call whether that crossed the line. So lots of goal con- goal line controversy there. But in the end, the ref didn't give anything. Uh, they were dangerous a couple more times late, but L.A. cleared and countered and nearly scored at the other end on a 2v1 that Reese stopped and that was the final play as LA hold on for the big road win. Uh I thought this one should have been 1-1 personally, but anyway, New England 0, LA 1 and LA now uh, top the league with 29 points. So uh doing doing very good. Uh, but they have played, like, say, five more games than, for example, Portland. They played to fifteen games, Portland's only played ten. So, gotta keep that in mind when you look at how far ahead they are in the standings, so. Uh, Houston versus Dallas, uh, really nice Brad Davis to Will Brun chance in the tenth that Hartman saves, uh, um, Houston really dominated the next bit, but then uh, when Sarkoti tried to break the ball out of his half, he got fouled, but the ref didn't call anything. Then Dallas took the ball closer to Houston's box, where Castillo was, uh, got off a rocket that came off the crossbar, and then Jackson headed it in before any defenders could react, and suddenly Houston are down. They react with several good chances and get a simple one before the half with the Davis feed to Weaver in the box. His ball is low under the keeper. Huge goal. Uh, to start the second half, uh, Houston's Palmer blast went in from long range, forces a big save out of Hartman. Things go quiet for a while for both teams without big chances. Then Breck Shea has a long run up the middle and a blast that Tally Hall saves. But moments later, in the 70th, the Anilou heads went in off of a corner kick. A moment later, Sarkoti idiotically goes in for a tackle from behind while already carrying a yellow. He earns his second, and now the Dynamo are down a man as well as a goal. He he was one of the uh, changes for this match. Uh, given his second start of the season, I doubt he'll be starting again for a while. But uh, but ten men, Dynamo don't give up, keep pressing. In the 87th, uh, Brad Davis rides a tackle above the box, uh, finds Colin Clark on the wing. He's in one v one and finishes past Hartman for the equalizer. Whew! Houston escape with the draw. And unlike their game against New England, New York, this one feels like a win. So. uh... Wow, they give up one late against New York to get a draw. This one here, they give up, they get one late to earn a draw, and it just completely and they're down a man, so this one feels like a win for them. So Houston to Dallas to. Uh, RSL Seattle, boring first half as both teams play conservative, but the second half brings rain and more aggression. Uh, RSL four case forced Casey Keller to make several key saves early on, including one where he tips it onto the bar, but just before the hour, Olave absolutely mugs Facito for New York-Seattle to stop him from breaking in on goal. It's just outside the box, but he's the last man, so Olave must go straight red. Uh, down a man, RSL end up defending madly. Seattle's pressure pays off with a goal from from uh, off of a corner kick when the ball is headed down and RSL can't clear. It falls to yanni on the line. He touches it over. RSL then start to pressure at the other end, but have to defend when Seattle attacks, including a nice Ramondo save on a Montero crack from long range. Then in the 83rd, Nagel strikes one from the edge of the box It pings off the underside of the crossbar and in. Suddenly, Seattle are up by two, and RSL's home unbeaten record is looking in serious jeopardy. RSL would say, hold on a minute, and uh, promptly score the fantastic work by Gonzalez, dribbling past the defender in the box along the end line and then into the box and cutting it low past Keller. But RSL waste a dangerous free kick chance in stoppage and lose a ball within 20, uh, with 20 seconds is left, uh, a loose ball with 20 seconds left is ga- safely gathered by Keller and RSL's uh, streak is over at 29 unbeaten at home. Wow. RSL 1, Seattle 2. And then we come to the Portland game. This is the game I actually went to. Was in the stadium for this one. Uh, uh, well, let's talk about this one. With Portland's uh, home game, home win streak on the line, five unbeaten at home, five wins at home, I should say, perfect. Uh, I kind of had an ominous feeling about this one. Uh, DC hasn't been that good, which isn't a sign—a good sign, you know. And Portland hasn't been ideal lately. I think they got lucky against both Columbus and Seattle, and. You kind of expect a turning form for one or the other. I expect either Portland to all of a sudden do worse, or you know, uh, D- DC United to do good, and you know, something was going to happen, something was going to change. I kind of felt. And also, my friend and I, they went with. Uh, we both had our teams this weekend uh, in Champions League. We were both rooting for Un- uh, Manchester United, and uh, he had a league playoff. His team, uh, Huddersfield, was was uh, in a league playoff match, gonna gonna get promoted up a league if they if they won the playoff uh, held it was supposed to be at Wembley. But because the Champions League was at Wembley, they actually held it at Old Trafford in uh, Manchester, and his team lost three-nil. Uh, very sad. It uh, they, they wasn't that bad. It sounds worse than it was. It was apparently they were up only down by one late in the match, uh, in the 15 minutes to go or something. And then they all of a sudden had a deflected goal, just you know one of those just unlucky things where it hits the defender and wrong foots the keeper and goes in. And then they gave up one really late on, you know. But by that point, it was they were already down two-nil and it was late and you know, it's just really hard to come back. So his team, unfortunately, after having a great season, miss out on the chance to get promotion, and very, very fr- depressing and frustrating for him. So we went to the game, we were kind of like, oh boy, I don't know, this feels like a banana skin, you know, and, and then kind of made it worse. Our seats were, well, our seats were very high up. We were actually in the very highest row, the very last row, uh, deep in a corner, but we weren't quite as bad as, in the very farthest corner over, we're about, I don't know, a couple dozen rabid, very mad, very angry, very loud, raucous collection of DC United fanatics, uh, who sang and chanted and mocked and waved flags the whole match. I was actually pretty impressed. Uh, they were loud and, and actually quieted the crowd in our area. I don't think they really had an effect on the Timbers Army, which was way at the other side of the, the stadium. But, uh, they certainly had, um, impact. You know, in our area, it was just sort of, they were intimidating, you know, and, and none of us in our area were, were, I mean, the the big thing is, you know, they, they were a supporters group, so they had chants and knew what to say, you know, and that we had to sing and all that, and so none of us were, weren't really coordinated, so we couldn't really do anything, it was like, individual people would get up and shout and cheer, and if something was happening, we would all get up and cheer, but, um, it wasn't like we had a lot of ammunition to 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 go back against the D C the D C uh, fans you know so I was actually pretty impressed with them but uh, it definitely made the loss a little bit more awkward or painful because you know anything anything you know that that, that was good happening for D C they were right there very loud in our in our faces cheering and and that was kind of hard you know kind of hard to listen to so. Uh, but let's see. Let's talk about the game itself. Um... Uh, didn't rain this day, which was, you know, seemed like a good omen. Uh, good omen, but uh, may, maybe it wasn't. Maybe the, maybe the, maybe the, maybe rain would have been good. I don't know. But uh Timbers, I thought, started off the better team. Not exactly putting shots on goal. They uh, only had one the entire first half. But at least getting the ball in potentially dangerous situations several times in the first 15 or so. But then out of nothing, a routine throw in deep in Portland's area. DC score. Uh, they got the ball to the end line, centered it to a player uh, in the middle of the box who ran onto it, and it was in the back of the net before anyone could react. Uh, it's the first time Portland's conceded in the first half at home. First time, uh, they've trailed at home. Uh, it just stunned the whole park who looked dismayed and it energized DC. And, uh, after that it was almost all Portland, uh, except the play wasn't that effective or that dangerous. Uh, they would get in crosses, but they weren't at teammates, just aimless feeds in the box. DC was mostly content and contained, but did look dangerous on the counter. Uh, even with just one guy up on top, he always seemed to get the ball and forced Portland to defend, you know, kind of frantically. And at the other end, Portland always lost the ball with only one guy up top. And uh, it just seemed like they had too many guys up top and we had none, even though both teams just had one guy up top. But uh, Perkins had to make a couple of saves. Uh, I don't think really Hamid had to do that much uh, other than catch a few high crosses at the other end. But uh, right at the end of the half, the crowd, we were just furious at the referee, who allowed Portland to take a corner kick but then blew the whistle when we were in the middle of an attack off that play, and was like I haven't seen a ref do that in ages. Usually, they always wait until the ball's in an innocuous part of the field. This is a newbie ref, a rookie ref. I think he's just—I don't know—he's kind of going by the by the by the textbook, by the, you know, the letter of the law kind of thing, and not not playing it the way that you're supposed to do it, so uh, as expected though, um, you know, Portland comes out revving in the second half, a lot more energy Cooper has a good shot deflected for a corner kick, he's called offside on a on a free kick when he heads it in, and that was very frustrating to be in the stands on that one, because it was way at the other end of the field, so I couldn't even tell what was going on, what, you know, what the call was, if it was right or not it, it didn't feel fair, it felt like, you know Cooper makes a great goal, and then they don't allow it. On the T V replay though, it was clear he did sneak behind the back line before the free kick hit. Uh by the time the ball reached him there was about like three between him and the goal, but he was definitely off and it was played, so good call. But just frustrating from fans perspective, not being able to see what's going on, you know, on that kind of thing. And uh Portland had another free kick opportunity that Foodie got on goal, but uh Hamid somehow smothered it on the hour. Typical of this Portland game, a corner kick played over. This is for Port, uh, Portland corner kick. Timbers corner kick played over the entire box. Salcido did great to retrieve it, and then he got to the end line. But then his cross was basically over the goal and out. So basically, two great opportunities, you know, just completely wasted. Um, but then the most, one of the most remarkable sequences I've ever seen. Certainly the best, the most craziest thing I've ever seen live. It was just incredible, the atmosphere in the stadium during this sequence. Um, and I'm sure you've probably already seen the highlights on YouTube or whatever. This is just crazy stuff. Uh, we're we're um, given a... Uh, the Timbers keep up the pressure. Cooper is hauled down in the box from behind. Okay? And that starts this this crazy sequence. Um, Cooper lines up the penalty kick, uh, but he kind of slows up with a stutter step, which is not my favorite penalty kick technique. And Hamid saves it. The whole stadium is distraught, except for the cheering of the two dozen, you know, D.C. supporters near me. But then, amazingly, the ref bails the timbers out. The linesman flags that Hamid was off his line when the kick was taken, so we get a redo, just incredible pandemonium in the stadium. It was clear on the TV replay that Hamid was two yards off his line by the time Cooper hit the ball, so he definitely did lead. Uh, Cooper takes the re-kick, but they often don't call that, you know. So in this case, it was good that the linesman, you know, put up his flag. Uh, but then Cooper on his re kick, instead of, you know, I thought, I told my friend, I said, okay, he's just going to blast it this time because Cooper takes some great, you know, free kicks. And instead of just blasting it in, he tries the same stutter step move again. He goes to the other side this time, but Hamid's not not being fooled. And he comes off his line again, stops it, and we're all thinking, oh no, it's just, you know, you couldn't tell. We, especially, we were way at the other end of the stadium, there's no way we could tell. You know that he came off his line, or exactly what was happening. It was very hard to see from that distance, so all we saw is that it gets saved again. We're thinking, "No way, get saved twice!" And then it's like, "Wait, he came off his line again." The flag's up, retake a third time, and so now we have more chaos because Hamid is furious. He's running to the end line to the to the to the assistant ref to scream at his face. He gets a, a yellow card for for protesting. Uh, meanwhile. The Timbers are going nuts. Apparently, uh, I didn't know this at the time, but apparently, uh, John Spencer, the Portland coach, was signaling that he wanted Jewsbury, the captain, to take it instead of Cooper. Uh, so Jewsbury is trying to tell this to Cooper. Cooper is upset. He's trying to. He 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 doesn't want to listen to the coach. He wants to take it anyway. He's overruled. He goes off to one side to pout a bit. Jewsbury uh, lines up the kick. He converts it. Just blasts it in there. And, um apparently there's still a little bit of uh you know chaos there and arguing and and uh, a moment later um you know we're now level one one but cooper's still fuming uh, he gets benched uh spencer brings him off you know it's a pat on the back it's not too acrimonious but at the same time there's a bit of a message being sent there the captain you know the the coach is saying hey I'm the captain if I say if I say that Jewsbury's uh, to take it Jewsbury gets to take it you know, don't argue with me. And uh so he 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 benches Cooper. But you can you know Cooper's just gotta be so frustrated. He had two goals called for offside, you know, back for offside in this one. He misses a you know, two penalties. Now obviously the keeper cheated, you know, by coming off his line, but at the same time, you know, I understand from from um, Spencer's viewpoint, you know when a keeper makes two saves you got to change it up you gotta you know you get two chances i don't mind the same keep the same shooter taking the second penalty but you get in you know the third time i'm like okay look you know just change it up just change it up just just to take the pressure off of cooper for one thing who needs that kind of pressure you know uh, i know cooper's frustrated he wanted to take the penalty he was i'm sure he was confident you know whatever but still it's like come on just let's, let's just you know the team is the most important thing and so anyway the bottom line is you know at, at, you know at the time of the stadium it's just madness you i mean the, the atmosphere is just incredible um just basically 20,000 people screaming you know at the top of their lungs and uh just crazy stuff but we're tied up we think this is great you know but um then uh, you know DC start they they come back to life they start pressing at the other end uh portland just managed to clear it uh, they get it to Ryan Port. The other end is a bit of a chance. He kind of fell down. I don't know, some people might have been, you know, a few pens might have been thinking it was, it was potent, you know, potential penalty, but didn't really look like much. And I don't think it was anything. But, uh, uh, then DC get in the timbers box at the other end. And, you know, they were still, they were still looking very dangerous. I was not very confident about this. They get in the box at the other end of the 74. I was just thinking to my friend, you know, about how you know I would be happy with you know a draw um, there's there's just utter chaos two two portland players are on the ground in the box uh timber I uh, sorry dc has the ball uh, chara for portland slides in trying to clear the ball uh as he slides in the ball touches touches his hand a- at the time live i couldn't see what happened at all I, I it puzzled me to i couldn't figure out this penalty at all because it didn't look like Anybody was on, you know, no, 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 uh, DC players were on the ground. So it's like, how in the world is a penalty being called here? The only thing I could think of was handball. And I didn't even see that. It was very, uh, you know, it was very hard to, it looked like if it was handball, it had to be like ball to hand or something. But I did watch the TV replay and basically Charles just sliding in and doesn't really get the ball with his feet. The ball ends up, you know, brushing against his arm. And, uh, I, to me, this is, this is a real makeup call. I'm not saying, you know, I mean, there, there was no intent of, of getting the ball. There was no advantage for Portland for hitting the ball. This was just a make-up call. He gave penalties and he, and he was very generous and you could, you could argue that, you know, allow, allowing, you know, two re, you know, three retake or two retakes, you know, of the penalty. So you can't say he's been biased, you know, against Portland in any way. But this really felt like a makeup call to, to D.C. to say, hey, you know, you guys get something that vaguely looks like it might be a penalty. I'm going to give it. And that's what this was. And I think the Portland players sh- should have anticipated this, should have been super, super extra careful. And uh, you, basically what you do in that kind of situation is the ball comes near, you just kick it away. You just clear it. Just get rid of it. Don't even try to be cute about it, just get rid of it, and, uh, and be very, very careful about any kind of, you know, tackles anywhere near the box, and, uh, unfortunately, you know, they, they gave the ref a decision, an opportunity to make a decision, and he made it, and DC get the penalty, and, uh, um Pontius converts the penalty for, for DC. Now they lead 15 minutes to go. Uh, Portland looked kind of dangerous off some, some, some free kicks and corner kicks, you know, but as they press forward, I think they got stretched at the back, they went through three at the back, and what I've been fearing all night long, uh, happened basically a long boot by Hamid gets flicked on, uh, Wolf splits the two defenders, gets, you know, goes 1v1, uh, beats Perkins, and now all of a sudden it's a 3-1 lead. And uh, the only thing I liked about I didn't like the goal at all. I mean, it was, you know, dreadful. It was just bad defending, you know, just just not good. But uh, the one thing that I did like that Portland did in this was Jack Jewsbury. Uh, Chaos, you know, as DC score, Jack Jewsbury doesn't waste a second. He just runs right into the goal, into the net, grabs the ball, And he sprints all the way to the center circle, places it down, and he's like, come on, clapping. Come on, guys, let's go back. Come on, come on, come on. There's still time. You know, here you are down 3-1 with just minutes left, and he's like, you know, this isn't the end. We can still do this. And I really like that attitude. It It sent a great message to his teammates, and it paid off, too. Portland didn't give up. Just minutes later... Uh, they found Perlaza in the box off a long throw. He headed it low, uh, a bouncing ball into the far corner, and Portland suddenly have one back. It's now 3-2. Um, and, and it was still like a couple... It was about a minute or so left in the game at that point, I think. And... Uh, you know, and then stoppage time, and we were expecting, I was expecting like five minutes of stoppage time, because it was a long two minute injury for, for, for a, a, a DC player. But unfortunately, this newbie ref, he doesn't seem to understand how stoppage time works, he messed it up in the first half. You know, and the second half, there's a whole bunch of subs, DC even did a sub during stoppage time, which should have added, you know, it's supposed to be 30 seconds per sub. Uh, there was the retaking penalties, you know, and lots of, you, you gotta remember each retaking penalty, it wasn't the retaking penalty took that long. But DC, they, you know, put, the players came off the, off the sideline, the coaches were up, there was, you know, big chaos, Amid's running over, there was all this, you know, debate and argument, both for the original penalty call and in all the retakes. So there was probably at least two minutes of, you could argue very comfortably, two minutes of stoppage time there, the two minute injury, all the subs, you could have had 7 or 8 minutes of stoppage time and justified it. And instead, this ref gives exactly 3 minutes, 30 seconds of stoppage time, and that's it. Not a second more. And, uh, and they were not getting the time-wasting that DC did, because there was a lot of that, too. So some of that was, you know, the strategy and legitimate, and it's just frustrating, but it's, you know. But uh, in the end, you know, it's very frustrating. I thought Portland created some chances late on. They could have gotten a draw out of this with a couple more minutes to play. But uh, you know, it didn't happen. And in the end, I do have to congratulate DC. I'm not I'm not anti DC by any means. Uh, you know, they're one of my favorite teams and uh um you know, they they came I love Ben Olson, you know, their coach, and, and he came with a brilliant tactic. Everybody else who's come to D C to, to, to Park has come with the attitude of we're just gonna try to get a draw of this, we'll just try to defend and hold on and, and, and eke something out of this and, and he came you can't. His team's players came, you know, despite despite being uh, down a lot of players and, and having a, a fairly youthful team, with a lot, you know, uh, they came, and said, you know what, we're just gonna we're just gonna attack, we're gonna win this, and they just they came with the right attitude, and I thought their attitude was actually better, more positive than Portland's. I think Portland came at this with, you know, DC's not that good, and uh, we're it's at home, we're gonna automatically win, and you know, and we're tired. We had a midweek. Uh, you know, exposition game against Ajax that we lost two nil, or you know, retired. We played some, you know, blah blah blah, and they just, you know, and apparently the coach was saying that they didn't play very, they didn't practice, didn't have good practices the last couple of weeks, and and they finally caught up with them, you know, and they they lose, and so uh, in the end, I am, um, you know, I, I think the right, to, you know, I I think a two two draw or a three three draw would have been more appropriate, you know, for the way that the teams played. I don't necessarily think that Portland did enough to win, but um, you know, at the same time, you know, just just looking at this specific game, um, you know, DC came came you know did just enough to, to get that to get to to get the win, and 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 uh, that's the way it is, you know. Uh, and I think Portland this this could be you know this is going to hurt a bit, but um, I think they they it's it's shame on Portland they they, they were they had a mediocre first half really. And just wasted countless chances. Uh, They dominated possession but couldn't do anything with it. And they just kind of lacked motivation and enthusiasm and, uh, just that little bit of extra. I think this is, they're a young team and, and, this, this could be just the tonic they need. They're, they're a young team. I think they're still trying to figure some things out. I think they're still missing a few ingredients, especially something dynamic off the bench. I don't think we really have anybody that you can just bring off the bench that's going to revitalize the team and they need somebody like that. Um, but I think these young players, they have to learn, you know, they just cannot give, you know, cannot win unless you give 110%, you know, when, w- when this type of a team a team like portland that's got to be all about work ethic and and um just raw grit and determination and, and and that kind of stuff they don't really have the the talent and the skill that a lot of these other players do and uh, they can make up for that with with uh, hard work and they need to to do that and uh Anyway, they they didn't do that in this game, and that's why they lost. And it was still a very tight lot. I mean, this is, you know, uh, you, you look at this on paper, 3-2 sounds like a pretty decent, you know, it doesn't sound like you got a blowout or anything like that. And it was uh, even tighter than the 3-2 scoreline makes it sound. And um, and I think it it uh you know, it was, uh, you know, Portland had a lot of positives, not necessarily all negatives in this one. It was disappointing, you know, it was kind of hard leaving the stadium after a loss. It was, you know, very quiet and kind of, uh, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but at the same time, I wasn't that depressed personally, um, you know. Partly I think I was anticipating this going into it. It just felt like a banana skin game. And, but I thought ultimately, you know, they still got two goals, which is not bad. And, um you know, it was certainly an exciting game to watch with all the drama and the retaken penalties and you know five goals. You know, I think from a from a neutral fans perspective, you know, Portland is not a boring team to watch. Let's put it that way. And uh, this is fun game, fun game entertainment. You know, entertaining. And uh, I'm really curious to see how the team's gonna gonna handle this. And, and and you know, their coach was very adamant after the game that they didn't deserve to win, and they got what they deserved. And you know next week's a road game. I think they go down to Chivas, and I'm just really I think it's gonna be fascinating to see how they bounce back. You know they they went down to LA and had a horrible start and didn't play well. You know a, a good game after uh, a big win here at at Wynn. and so I'm curious after a loss here, and you know they have a road game next, but you know are they gonna be like well it's a road game we we never lo- we never win those so you know automatic loss. You know, or are they going to be like, you know, what? Who cares if we're on the road or not? We need, we need points. We need to win. Let's, let's win this. And, and actually, you know, and I think Chivas is a team. They're not a bad team, but they're not, you know, they're not that great of a team either. And they're, they're, they're a new team, young team, learning. I think Portland's got a chance to get something out of that. They just need to have the right attitude. So I'm really curious to see what will happen next week, and we'll see, we'll we'll see. Uh, so anyway, that one finished. Uh, Portland to, um. DC 3. Um, and so that's the way that one ended there. So uh, let's talk about a couple other games. Uh, Colorado, Kansas City. Uh, I watched these. Uh, I couldn't record them live on Saturday. It was too many. All the games were at the same time. I hate that. So I recorded them later in re- re- replays. And... Uh, Got to see some a couple of them uh, Sunday night, and uh, Rapids get off to a wonderful start when Kansas City defender uh, Kansas City defender gives a soft back pass to his keeper Connor Casey nips in, steals it, showing terrific speed, and he gets past Nielsen at the end line, feeds it in from a tight angle into the goal. Uh, just elegant. Uh, his first of the season uh, took all about. Four seconds. I mean, it was really nicely done. But the second half opens with an Omar Bravo attempt from inside the box for KC, and then Pickens uh, makes a great save on that. Uh, Laurentowitz had a similar chance for Colorado, but he put it high. Then the Rapids' uh, Marvel win makes a terrific uh, saving tackle in the box, and Ockpan nearly scores at the other end. But in the 75th, Ryan Smith for KC with a rocket from the left wing. It's a top-shelf finish. Equalizer late. Uh, Bunbury actually should have had the winner for KC in stoppage time. Uh, he, he, but he skided over the bar. He was just him and the, and the goal and he put it over the top. So, uh, we finish with yet another draw for the Rapids, uh, and, uh, you know, KC get a point. So, uh, Colorado won, KC won. And we had Columbus-Chivas, wild game here. Chivas get going uh, just four minutes in with a goal. The ball is put uh, to the end line and then headed over the face of the goal and knocked in at the far post. Crew almost come back immediately as Heinemann uh, gets through at the other end. His dink around Kennedy gets past the keeper, is rolling over the line, but somehow a Chivas defender, it was uh, uh, Yot, uh, what's his name, Uh, uh the Canadian, uh, I have his name written here, where is it, uh, well, anyway, he... Uh, he clears it, but what was most interesting about his goal line clearance was he actually clears it through the legs, backwards through the legs of, uh, of the, uh, the, the the crew player that was that was on his back. So there was a, a, a crew player right there, and he actually, you know, kicks it back off the line. And you, you would think it's got to hit that other player that's on his shoulder and, 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 and go in. And somehow it goes through the legs of that guy and then out, and then it's cleared and no goal, you know. So crazy stuff. Uh, let's see, but a moment later, you know, that goal on Clarence's moot as Mendoza gets free on the left wing, he blasts it past Kennedy for the equalizer, and the crew's first half goal, first first half goal of the season. In the 38th, Andrew Boyens heads one in off a corner kick, surprisingly high leap, as the crew usually are, are good in the air, and, uh, suddenly, uh, Chivas have regained the lead. To start the second half, a great end-to-end action as Chivas hit the post, and then Mendoza breaks away at the other end via a beautiful headed uh, through ball, but his shot is wide as Kennedy gets his fingertips to the shot. But then a Chivas midfielder passes the ball between his teammates. Yes, he's a back pass right into space for Mendoza, who takes the gift and buries it uh, 1v1, and we're level. So just before the hour, though, Chivas regain the lead for the third time as Flores' shot is tipped over by Hesmer. Uh, tipped by Hesmer, but it still goes in. It doesn't go over. Uh, he just didn't get enough on his parry. And then uh, Kennedy makes a great block at the other end, but the rebound is stuck back uh, stuck back into the box, and Ekpo, who does a quick 180, sticks it in. We're level again. 3-3. The crew nearly score the free kick after that, but the ball went uh, over the bar. They put on Jeff Cunningham, uh, who looks dangerous, is very involved. His chances don't quite work out. In the 90th, his header Beats Kenny, but Jazic—that's the name I was trying to think of—makes uh, another goal line clearance. Uh, and I forgot to mention—I don't know where—left out of my notes here. But there was uh, Jorge Flores. Got oh yeah, there it is. Um, in the 69, things go south for uh, for uh, Chivas as a as Flores uh, trips a player, gets his second yellow, and he's off. So uh, um, anyway, um, 10 man Chivas still looked dangerous in the final minutes, but. Uh, Managed to hold on for a big point on the road, so Columbus 3, Chivas 3, so lots of crazy stuff in that game. So uh, I heard it was another wild draw, uh, 2-2 uh, Chicago, uh, 2-2 uh, with San Jose in Chicago. And uh, somebody mentioned no home teams won this weekend, which is remarkable, so I thought, wow, that's crazy. Um, so <laughs> I guess Portland's a good, good company there, and uh, yeah, so anyway... That's it for this week. Lots of stuff, huh? Crazy. So, uh, well, uh, next week we should be back on the 6th of June. And, uh, as always, uh, Mark at SoccerTalkUSA.com is the email address and the area code 206-339-8359 if you want to drop me a
2: voicemail. And, uh, we'll be back, uh, next week. So, alright, bye bye.